Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 423. What is it? Mm, episode 24. Episode 24 of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Here we are, guys. Yep. Recording live in Paris. Yep. From Scott Moser's apartment. Yeah, we came all the way out here with podcasting equipment. Just so we could record. For you, the people yep. who listen to this podcast. All of you. Uh, mostly my mother. Really? We're doing this all for Mary Myra? Well, I mean, it keeps her up to date without me having a call. Oh. It's pretty good. We what? should call her. I, I called her two weeks ago in the car when I was driving to Vegas, actually. Mm, okay, fine. I wasn't in the car, though. That's true. I guess I could call her. You could. Yeah. Or we could just say, hey, mom. Hey. Uh, hey, everybody who's not my mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to, we already welcomed you, but uh, fun things to remind you about. 
Got some housekeeping at the top of the show here. You you like to do housekeeping at the top of the show. Well, it's important to remind people, uh, if you like this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. What if this is the first episode that someone's listening to, uh, and the first thing they hear is... That I'm doing this for my mother? And to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, they haven't even listened to the podcast. So we're right. like telling them to leave a rating and review. If you're going to listen to this podcast... After you've made your decision about how you feel about it, please review us and rate us on iTunes. Okay. I'll uh, accept that. Also, if you're new to the podcast, we also have a Facebook group. Yes. It's facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure. There you go. Uh, you can also go to our website. Excellentadventure.com. Or? Or dorianmatt.com. Yeah. Um, and you can hang out there. Do what you need to do read some things dory put some stuff up there i did i'm gonna be putting more stuff up there uh soon uh you can also donate to the podcast to help us make this podcast i'm not saying help us uh fly to paris to make the podcast this was just uh, you got a bonus because we're on vacation yeah um but uh yeah you could donate to the show uh which also sometimes goes to pay for dory's meds um really it's a great cause you can email us at dorianmad at gmail.com wait you didn't tell them how to donate oh you go to the website yep. like the donations button donate yep oh, excellentadventure.com slash donate um and you can call us and leave a voicemail at 413-461-BABY yeah you know i realized that we hadn't been saying the number for the last few episodes yeah so maybe we're a little light on voicemails because of it um well, we had some but I just wanted to remind people that they could call us at 413-461-BABY yeah. and that they can email us at Matt at gmail or mattanddory at gmail. That's true. That's all true. Um, also, what's the last bit of housekeeping I have to do? It's here. Guys, if you want a bonus episode, you can get one. You are 100 books closer yeah you're to getting you're a bonus a great, episode you're doing a great job yeah you all are, are really doing a great job this is as of i think it was end of day thursday because the marketing person was out on friday but um yeah 800 all you, all you have to do guys is go to amazon.com search for dory's name dory shafrier or just start up a novel start up a novel and pre-order the amazing debut novel from BuzzFeed culture writer, Dory Shafrir. Yeah. And it was just named a book of the month club selection for April. Soon to be woot, woot. Dory Shafrir writer extraordinaire everywhere. Oh, thanks. That's going to be your new really? byline. My I new think. byline. Yeah. Dory Shafrir writer extraordinaire everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of a mouthful, but I think people will get the point when they see it. Hmm. Okay. No, but seriously, uh, if, if we get a thousand pre-orders, before april 25th when my book comes out we, we are, are gonna do a bonus episode we, have, we are obligated <laughs> to do a bonus episode <laughs> and, and guess what if we get 1500 we'll do two bonus episodes <gasps> oh wow yeah. we have not discussed this no i know i just dropped that on yeah, everybody are you doing that because i dropped a couple things yeah i felt like well if you can drop things i can drop things well, if we get 2,000, yeah. we're going to do a live bonus episode. All right. That's crazy. We're not going to get 2,000. <laughs> thank God. Uh, that's what you think. No. That's impossible. We're only we're at 800 right now. We're, I know. We're including audiobooks. The New York Times bestsellers list does not include audiobooks. That's correct. But since we're advanced people who know that we have a podcast audience who likes to listen on the go, we've decided to include them. We are including audiobooks. I figure, the, how can you... 
how can you ask podcast listeners to buy a book and not include audiobooks? Right. That just seems wrong. Totes wrong. So, so we're here and we're doing it. Right now, you're only getting one a week. But if you get this to a thousand, boom, magical week where you get two podcasts. And we're not even going to tell you when it's going to drop. We're just going to surprise just drop. drop it. It'll be out before the book comes out. Yeah. Um, and if we get 2,000, holy crap. All, all hell's going to break loose. Yeah, all bets are off, kids. I don't even know what we'd talk about. What wouldn't we talk about? What would you like to talk about today? Well. What are we doing with babies? Um, we're not doing that much with babies, but you know, something I was thinking about, mm-hmm. I feel like we get some emails that are like, you and Matt have such a great relationship. <laughs> you guys are so cute. You guys uh-huh. are like marriage goals. Yeah. And we are. I realized that we're totally marriage goals. We have a great rapport and we have a great rapport on this podcast, yep. but what people don't see uh-huh. is for example, the knockdown drag out fight we had at disneyland today uh i don't think it was knockdown drag no that implies that that there was like hair pulling Uh, there was none of the sort no there was no hair pulling there wasn't even shouting there was not shouting (laughs) partly because we were in a public place well yeah but also like i don't think it got to the point where we needed to yell at each other no but there was some swearing Uh, who swore i swore oh okay i don't remember your swears really yeah no I think I said the F word. Honey, I don't even remember that. Oh. Honest to God. Hmm. Must have been some fight. <laughs> Maybe you were distracted by the kids on either side of us making faces at us. No, you were distracted by them. I was. Well, they kept trying to like wave at me and I was like, hi. And then they were like, hee You're like the Pied Piper of foreign children. I know. And then the, the Irish lady behind us dropped her baby on the floor. <laughs> she didn't drop the baby. The baby fell on the floor. Where was the baby? The baby, it was a toddler. It wasn't an infant. Okay. A toddler. Like, oh, he was, was sitting? Like, she was like she was running sitting. back to uh, the table. Oh, and, and fell. Slipped and nailed her head on the, on ah. the However, there was no blood. But you wouldn't know that from the mother's reaction. The mother was hysterically crying. The mother was hysterically crying. And the father was trying to calm her and the baby down. The baby then, seemed to be taking it okay. And then, like, her other children were just, like, bored out of their mind looking at it. And then both the parents left with the baby. Yes, but there were other adults. Oh, there were? Yeah. Okay. Well, I couldn't see them. You oh, were facing I saw them. them. Yeah, there were two other adults there. Yeah. So... Um, that was our knockdown drag out fight. So we went to Disneyland Paris, <laughs> um, and we got in a little tiff. So, you know, I just, I, I just want everyone to know that Matt and I get in fights sometimes. I probably want to know what it was about. I mean, if we're really just airing it out there. I think we should. Okay. Guys, I'm <laughs> underwhelmed by everywhere. <laughs> That's kind of the gist of it. Matt is, of it is Matt is continually underwhelmed and it drives me crazy. <laughs> I don't like traveling as much as my wife does. It's a problem. Uh, we've discussed it before. Not on the podcast, obviously, but, uh, you know. I, Matt's a homebody. I am a homebody. And when I travel, I like to... The things I like to do when I travel, I like to go see friends. That's why I like, you know. Well, that's why we're here with Mosier. That's why we're here. It is actually why we're here. Yeah. We're here, Scott. Um, my friend Scott lives in Paris now. Uh, so we came to visit and also knock out a Parisian adventure. Um, and like when we go to New York, I like to go to New York because we get to see like, you know, Mark and Chris and Miharka and other Mark. 
Yep. And your brother. Yep. And your uh, sister-in-law, Allison, who's hoping to get a free Casper mattress pretty soon. <laughs> I'm working on that. <laughs> and uh, Sam, Sam, my birthday course, twin. Your birthday twin, your nephew, Sam. Yep. Um, who is really cute right now. Yeah, we, we just do. We, there's a lot of people. We have a lot of people in we New have York. Our, we have our people in New York. A lot of people in New York. So when we travel, I like to go to New York. Yep. When we first started dating, how often were we in New York? A lot. A lot. Well, because I had to be there a lot for work. Yes, and then I would have weeks off. You would have weeks off because you were working on it at midnight. So you'd be like, oh, I'll come to New York. Yeah, and it was it was a great time. It was a great time. Um, but now vacation is fewer and farther between. And I don't, I switched jobs at BuzzFeed, so yeah. I'm not traveling to New York. And also, quite honestly, IVF has kind of messed with our travel because I could, there, yeah, there have been, been at some, least some... two times when I should have gone to New York for work. Right, but you didn't. But I didn't because of IVF. Yeah. Um, like my I, whole team was in New York and they were like, Dory, are you coming to New York? And I had to be like, no. IVF doesn't give a shit about our travel. No. No. Um, what else do I like about traveling? Uh, I also like to go to places that I've been to before. You like I, to go to London? I like to go to London. I've been to London. I love London. I love Canada. But see... I love but, I but, love English-speaking countries where but I don't But it's like have you have to, to get over... Effort. You have to get over the hump of a place being new. Because, like, that happened with Hawaii. Yeah. Well, we haven't been back. I know. Which we got into an argument about today. Correct. But why we were not there instead of here. Yeah. Because you wanted to just do a week. Also, part of it is, like, we've been gone for a while. It's been a long trip. And we've yeah. got a few more days on the other end of it. Yep. And I, I miss our dog. Yep. I miss uh, our dog, too. Bo is right now uh, chilling. Bo is chilling, probably forgetting all about us. Yeah. Is he is he back at the house yet, or is he still? At, no, he's, he's back still, at the house tomorrow. He's overnighting at his overnight spot. Uh, Mary Jane, our dog walker, will be picking him up tomorrow. Yep. And, and and dog sitting, house sitting. Yep. For the remainder of of our adventure. Yep. Um. So yeah, that was our argument was pretty much about. How, and I've also decided that Paris is. You see three streets in Paris, and those three streets repeat over and over and over again. And that is Paris. You'll have your your brasserie, your uh, bakery, uh, and your pharmacy, and probably a shoe store. And then those things repeat over and over and over again. Doesn't matter how far you walk. I walked two, two, three, six six miles. I walked three miles in one direction, and saw all those things repeat and repeat. Occasionally, you hit like, oh, there's a Tom Ford store, or oh, there's an Omega, but. You know, for the most part, it's all those things. Or there's a, there's a, there's a Dory Bakery. There's a bakery called La Brioche Dore. Yeah. Uh, so, which, by the way, I think makes the best sandwiches. Yeah. They just like ham, some butter, you know, on a, on a baguette. So many people in Paris walk down the street just eating a sandwich out of a bag. Thought it was a myth. I or a baguette. A I thought uh, they eat a baguette like a banana. Thought it was a myth, but guess what, guys? It's not. All the Parisians are thin, smoke, and eat, eat baguettes bread constantly. Constantly eating bread. <laughs> it's really, it's really something. Um. Oh, so then I, you know. So our fight was like I uh, accused Matt of being a curmudgeon. Yeah. Well, I said at the Disney that I was like, oh, I wish we were home. Like, and that I just, just want to get back to that my, just set me off. Yeah, I want to get back to my life. That's the that's the problem. I don't get a ton of time off, you know. And I'm like looking down the barrel of like when it is that my hiatus 
is over and when it is that um you know we have to go travel again for um the book release and i'm just like oh there's not a ton of time at home you make this sound like torture you make it's this sound like torture. we live these torturous lives it's, not a torture. it's, it's like not we're torture. in paris I get it. we have to go to new york it's like these are not bad things no no i'm not saying they're bad i'm simply stating that i if if left to my own devices we would have all of your things would be in los angeles preferably in our backyard do you guys see what I'm dealing with here? This is so. This was the argument. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I like going to Disney World, and she's also mad at me. That I don't make decisions, and I said I don't make decisions because all the decisions I would make you don't like. So I have given up on decision making in our travel plans and processes. Hello. What is the? You're looking at me like, oh my god! When you say it out loud, I shouldn't have been as mad at you as I am. No, I'm just, I'm trying to, no, what I'm doing is I'm trying to breathe so I don't unwittingly recreate the actual fight. Oh, well, I'm just stating what I said. I know. Is it driving you crazy? It's still annoying to me. Is it annoying to you because I can like take 14 steps back from it and just state the facts? No, it's annoying to me because I feel like you've put me between a rock and a hard place. Um... I don't understand which rock and which hard place. Mm, exactly. I think you understand. No, it's like I get it. The you are allergic to plans. It's a. Ve- I am totally allergic to plans. So then, when I try Dory to, is a plan so, machine, and I like making plans, but I now am like I have gotten like reluctant to make plans because i know how how Listen, allergic matt is plans to them. are one thing but like these far out plans are crazy pants to me like when you're planning three four months out i like to have something to look forward to i look forward to seeing you every day you look forward to seeing both every day i look forward to seeing both of you mm-hmm. i love when you come home and we're both just sitting on the couch mm-hmm and we're all we're both so happy to see you. Mm. Fine. I'm just you know. I know I like that too, but but sometimes I like to mix it up. You don't like to mix it up. What do you mean? You're mixing it up when you say you like to mix it up. Is you saying, I wish I could just plan things 14 months in advance. <laughs> that's you. That's how you mix it up. 14 is extreme. Yeah. Well, not like crazy extreme for you. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Yeah. So I mean, it's just you know I don't like to play. You know how I don't like to plan. Even, I, on, even on a trip, I don't like look, to plan. Look, I know, which is why I left a lot of things unplanned and on I'm this trip. I'm kind of like, well, what is it? What are we doing today? I know, and, and I'm like, well, like, I didn't make a plan. And I'm like, what oh, do you okay. want to do? And you're like, I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I should have just made a plan. Yeah, and then we'd be stuck doing that plan. Right, and then you'd complain about that plan. So, <laughs> I mean. See what I mean about really, the rock and the hard place? Really simple stuff. <laughs> I would say that most of our, most or all of our, all of our arguments are about plans. Mm-hmm. All of them. A that lot is the of them. Only no, we fight we about money. About. Um, we do sort of, 
I mean, not any, I don't really spend money anymore. Yeah, we used to fight more when you spent more money. Yeah, I don't really spend money anymore. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't like arguing. Mm. So, and also we have so much fucking IVF to pay for. Yeah. That we can't spend money. It's true. In case you're wondering, guys, we got a couple of flights on miles and we're staying at my friend's apartment. <laughs> here we are we've been eating we've been eating baguettes on the street it's very true we've been spending upwards of six euros a meal uh i will say disneyland paris the food is cheaper it is cheaper and i would say maybe a little well except for that horror that hamburger i had was gross i don't think i've ever had a good hamburger at a disney park yeah that was a mistake if i had seen the chicken nuggets on the menu i would have ordered those oh they were all over the place but i saw them too late yeah I got a fish sandwich. I know. It was fine. Really? Yeah. It was like a filet fish sandwich kind of thing. Well, there's a lot of Catholics in France. They probably need to have a fish sandwich on the menu. Right. And I... Is it Lent? Yes, it is. Isn't it? There we go. Yeah, it's right before Easter. Yeah. Guys. I wonder if they have the fish sandwich normally. They probably don't, to be honest with you. Now that I think about it, they probably don't. The filet fish was invented in Minnesota in the 60s. Hmm. Because they were losing a lot of the Catholic uh, people. They weren't buying hamburgers. Mm. So I came with the filet fish. Interesting. Guys, we do this podcast so you can learn something. And I hope you enjoyed Matt and Dory's argument. Adventure. <laughs> yeah. So that's... Uh, we like to let you know that we should not be anyone's marriage goal. Yeah. <laughs> That was the that was the whole I point mean, of that. It's like okay, so we fight about that. What well, we don't, luckily, we don't fight about other things that you know some couples have tumultuous arguments about, like what drug addiction or uh, lack of uh, motivation in life, or you know, um, uh, I'm holding you back or you're holding me back from my dreams. You know, mm. we don't. That's no, not, I don't feel that way. That's not something you encourage you know. my dreams. That's right, and you. You, uh, you know, tolerate mine. What? Uh, hi, guys. Wait a second. What? What's up? <laughs> I tolerate your dreams? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Guys, we're having a real I podcast. don't even know <laughs> where to begin with that. No, you're wonderful. You supported me when I was between writing Thank gigs. you. I was you... going to remind you about the summer of Matt. Oh, what a summer it was. The summer after Matt stopped working, he decided he wasn't going to work <laughs> for the summer. Decided to have a summer of Matt. What did I do? I did podcasts. That's what I did. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was an all right summer. What did I do? Comic-Con. And then we got Finland. married. I went to Finland too. And then right? we got married. Yeah. And then you got depressed. Yeah. I got depressed about having had a summer of Matt. Yeah. <laughs> And no job. I was like, why did I waste my time with a summer of Matt? Well, it's not true. I kind of, I had some stuff. Like you I did. Probably made more money doing that Wired podcast than I would have right. otherwise. But you didn't have anything lined up. Yeah. I that. also need a schedule. I like a schedule. See, this is where I get tripped up. <laughs> Matt, I'm a creature. Likes, Matt likes a schedule and he's a creature of habit, but he doesn't like plans. I'm a creature of habit. That's I like a daily life schedule. I don't I don't love a wrench in the gears of my life schedule, you know. Uh huh. I I like to like 
do the same thing every day. Uh huh. And then on the weekends, do the same thing every weekend. Mm-hmm. That's why date night has worked out so well for you. No, I said this to my therapist. I said, I think Matt will really go for date night because he likes a structure. He oh. likes a rule. Oh, I see. You're, and once he knows that Saturday night is date night, Saturday night will always be date night. Just like Sunday night is always podcast night. You guys collude. No, she suggested date night. I told you that. Uh, but like. And as soon as she suggested it, I was like, that's a really good idea. I think Matt will go for that. Why couldn't date night be Sunday night? So we can knock out the podcast and a date. No. I like to be like, I like to be a multitasker. No, date night is its own thing. And I don't want to feel like we're we're like rushing back from date night or we have to like hurry up and do the podcast because we have to go to date night. Like mm. I, I would rather it just be separate. Okay. Well, this weekend will be fun. We're going to a Regina Spectre concert. I'm very excited. I'm like not looking forward to it. Wait, you planned this. I know. This was a Matt plan. Well, you also know how I get when I buy concert tickets. I get like enraged at get? myself for buying concert tickets and having to commit to go to this concert that I that oh, you really I always, want to go I to. Feel like going to when I click the buy button. Uh huh. And then that was the window. That was my. That's when I wanted to go to that concert. Was when I clicked that button. And then weeks weeks go by, and then it's like, oh, you have to go to that concert you bought tickets for. And I'm like, why did I buy tickets for that concert? I'd rather just. Go but to aren't the you Chateau? Go to Chateau. Chateau Marmont. <laughs> we have never once gone to the Chateau Marmont. You know how I love getting a bungalow there. <laughs> What are you talking about? Hanging out with my buddy Johnny Depp. Who are you? Yeah. What have you done with my husband? Anyway, you know. Do just... you mean hanging out at the Chateau Marmot? Yeah, hanging mm. out with all the dogs. Um, I'm so confused. What are you confused by? Well, no, I just told you. You know how I feel about concerts. I know, but I feel like. That's how I always feel about We concerts. don't go to that many concerts. We don't. Certainly do not. But now that the date night exists, I feel like we're like our concert intake is increasing 900 percent. yeah i did buy tickets to fleet foxes in september yeah i don't know what that is Mm. you'll have to listen to some is it a saturday yeah you can't do that why because you have to like check with me on whether or not that's an acceptable date night is that an acceptable date we're gonna have to shift date night to friday that week why you're gonna have to go to fleet foxes with one of your fleet fox ladies what yeah i don't know this what is fleet foxes it's a band what do they do you'd probably like them I, I would probably like them. I think so. How do you know that? Because I feel like if you listen to the shins, yeah, then they would come up as like, if you like the shins. I like the melodic uh, voice of James Mercer. Okay. I'll play you some Fleet Foxes. And if you don't like it, I'll oh, go boy. with someone else. But it's at the Hollywood Bowl, which is my favorite venue. You know how much I hate going to the Hollywood Bowl. I love the Hollywood Bowl. This is what I'm talking about, America. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I don't like getting to the Hollywood Bowl. I bought tickets for Regina Spector right before we left. Less than two weeks out. Uh-huh. My wife has bought tickets for a concert at a venue I don't like in September. Because it, it was going to sell out. April. It was going to sell out. Oh, boy. They they haven't toured for like five years. Because I don't know who they are. 
They were like, how can I tour? Matt and Myra doesn't know us. I bet they'll be on the Nerdist podcast. <laughs> you know how many musical acts have been on the Nerdist podcast that I don't know, still don't know, didn't even bother going to the podcast? A lot. Probably 17. Okay. You know who has been on the podcast multiple times? James Mercer. And I've not been able to go to any of them. Hmm. Well, whose fault is that? Uh, work. Hmm. Fine. Guys. Wow. What's going on with this IVF? Is, this has really gotten off to a belligerent start. So in the meantime with IVF, right now, let's status update everybody. We have two embryos on ice. A girl and a boy. In Westwood, Los Angeles, California. Well, Westwood is its own. Right? Isn't it its own thing? No. Oh, in Los Angeles. I thought it was in Brentwood. In an area called Westwood. I thought is it was it in Brentwood. Because it, yeah, I think so. It's somewhere around there. Anyway, we've got a boy. We've got a girl. They're both frozen. They're, They're... both reportedly normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are now in the process of waiting for life. So we got some. We got a. We got a book to release. Yep. We've got to start up a novel by Doris Shafrir. Pre-ordering now. Yep. Like a bonus episode of the podcast. Yep. Maybe we do a whole podcast where we air out our grievances. If that's what the people want, that's what they'll get. Oh my god, we're gonna lose so many listeners. Uh, um, people are gonna cancel their pre-orders. Well, I feel like you know, I feel like Allison Luck's gonna love this episode because we did so much time talking about us. Oh yeah, <laughs> she did say. Yeah, you guys. That was the feedback from our from our sister in law. Yeah, Casper mattress. That 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 we she wants us to talk about us more. Yeah, I just felt like you know I I didn't want the people to get the wrong impression of what that like we're like perfect. We're not perfect, but we're a pretty fucking good couple. I know. I think we're like I don't think anyone's perfect. Of course not. But like we're pretty close. But I travel and plans. The two, it's just two, those are two minor blips on the life uh, map. I know, but as of this moment, when we're on vacation, let me tell you what: if we, God willing, if IVF ever works for us and we do get a child, yes, I'm gonna love the fact that it prohibits us from traveling. Oh my! God. I, I am trying to give you an anchor, baby. <laughs> Oh my god! Just to anchor us to Los Angeles. This sounds like hell. What? Like that actually sounds like my personal version of hell. Oh no! I'll stay with the baby. Like you a, can go a life where we do the same fucking thing every single day for the rest of our thing. lives and stay in Los Angeles and never you. leave. I told that you. Sounds like the worst thing ever. We can do so. It's not all... just travel and plans. I feel like these are fundamental, like philosophical differences. That that sounds like hell to be yes. with your happy family and your dog and your baby and your husband. No, that sounds really nice. Exactly. But to do the exact same thing every single day no and never go we anywhere? The exact same thing. You said it was going to be an anchor baby and then we could never travel. <laughs> well, you know, traveling will be difficult. It's not like we can go to Paris for God knows how long we're here. My sister's going to Paris for a week with her your baby. Your sister is not just taking her baby. She's taking her husband and your parents. That's true. So maybe my parents would want to come with us if we ever travel somewhere. Well, we'll just have to make it convenient for their trips to Israel and then they will come. Okay. Deal. <laughs> Let's just find out whenever they're going. 
and you can plan around that. Honey. Yes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, the stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, guys, it's finally time to get to your emails. <laughs> this is the longest podcast we've ever done and will ever do. Oh, boy. I have so many emails to read, but right now I can't get to any of them. Oh, Oh, I just found it. Okay. I'll read the first one. Okay. Matt and Dory, greetings from the wastelands of Indiana. My wife, Mia, pronounced like Maya. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I found out about your show a couple of months ago and have been avid listeners since. We've been trying to make a kid for almost two years now. 
And, and as my engineering friends used to say, trying is the first step towards failing. We're now starting down the IVF process. I'm very fortunate to work for a company that offers IVF coverage as part of its benefits. You are very fortunate. Long story short, we're going to get up to three full rounds of IVF basically for free. I'm happy for you, but I also hate you You're right now. bragging. Yeah. I also recognize that it's not a common one and can't imagine how much more stressful the process must be when financial hurdles also stand in the way. Uh, very stressful. We sometimes fight about money. Uh, best of luck to you and everyone else working to, on producing science babies. All the baby stuff aside, the email is actually more of a question for Dory. Like you guys, we're a mixed family. I was raised, though, no longer practicing Protestant. And my wife is Jewish and was born and raised in Israel. My wife lived in Israel for a year. Uh, we're getting ready for some annual Passover get-together. She teaches costume design at the college here in town, and our guests normally include friends, co-workers, and some of her students. We've been trying for a couple of years to find a Haggadah. Am I saying any of that right? Haggadah. Haggadah. Um, that we really like and haven't yet struck gold. Would you or any other listeners have recommendations for a fun, possibly geeky Seder? Currently, we're looking at the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah. Wow. Haggadah. Haggadah. You say Haggadah, I say Haggadah. Um, but we still have enough time to be open to suggestions. Any advice would be helpful. Thanks in advance. Love the podcast. Good luck with your continued science baby efforts. And we'll see you in the future. Mark and Maya, Richmond, Indiana. So I use a pretty traditional Haggadah when I host Satyrs, um, which is called like the Concise Family Haggadah. And it's like a pretty basic Seder. You were at a Seder where we used them. Yeah. Yeah. It was in our home. Yeah. It's like... it's. Bo has been to a Seder. That's true. That was when Bo was tricking us. Bo was tricking us into being super chill. Yeah. We were like, our dog is so chill. He loves guests. Yep. <laughs> um, but there is a Haggadah that came out a couple years ago. Um, I think Jonathan Saffron Foer did it. Or one of the Foers put it together one of the thors thor uh f is in frank o-e-r um and i'm blanking on the name of it but if you look them up if you look up thor and haggadah you will find it and it is reportedly an excellent haggadah so that is my wreck for haggadahs sweet wreck yeah i mean my fantasy has always been to like make my own haggadah but it is a, it's a lot of time. And I always, I always remember I have this fantasy like the week before Passover. And then I'm I like, just, I remember my first Passover Seder experience. Uh, I just remember going, oh my God, why, why, why? This is so depressing. Honey, this is what being Jewish is like. It's Everything is depressing. Ridiculous. Yeah. We like to remember there's no, the pain. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. At no. Least, at least after like the passion of the Christ, he's resurrected. Yeah. Like there's an ending. Yeah. Anyway. With Jews, the ending's like, here's the Holocaust. Yep. Okay, guys, this is from Annie. Hi, Matt and Dory. I just found your podcast last week, so I'm a little behind. I don't know how you do it. I can't imagine my husband and I doing a podcast together, let alone producing one that people actually listen to and enjoy. 
Also, I haven't been able to get through these first two sentences without my dog tossing around Gary, her only surviving squeaker toy. Aww. Oh, she says, hey, Bo, but Bo's not even here. Bo, <laughs> not here. Uh, I wanted to give a bit of a different response to the email from the woman whose husband has addiction issues, but who also wants to have a baby. Apologies, my podcast app isn't letting me go backward to search, and I don't remember her name. My husband. I think she was anonymous. I think she asked to be anonymous. Indeed. This was this was several episodes ago, but we we have gotten. I mean, this was a new email this week. Like we we keep getting emails about this episode. Well, I think it resonated with a lot of people. I do too. Uh, my husband is an addict, and while I was fortunate enough to meet him while he was in recovery, he has had his fair share of relapses. It has been a tumultuous and confusing four years. Some feels more like. 40 sometimes but he has also been in a good place for the last two and i'm pregnant with our first uh hopefully still of 17 weeks and have had a miscarriage before so i'm not totally ready to celebrate knock on we shall knock on wood for you that was me knocking on wood i literally knocked on wood for you uh i just wanted to express to the wife of the attic that her husband no you're reading it wrong. I, that her wants and needs. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're you're I getting a jumped, crucial part wrong. No, I jumped down. <laughs> I jumped down. Mm. See, the husband is right below. I do. I see that. Well, you don't because yours is formatted differently than mine. Mm. Uh, I just wanted to express to the wife of the attic that her husband... Oh, my God. I'm doing it again. That her wants and needs are more important than her husband's. Boy, that would have been See why really that that was wacky, a crucial would have been a wacky way to <laughs> fuck that up. Uh, sometimes it seems like the attic takes over and dictates the direction of our life. I think she said she's 31, so she still has lots of time to wait for him to come to a better place if that's what she wants to do. But if she feels that she's ready to have kids now and she doesn't want to wait, I think she needs to make sure she listens to that want and need and honors it. Maybe she talks to her husband and says she's willing to wait a year, or maybe she decides that she needs to leave the relationship to pursue her desire to have a baby. Perhaps if her husband sees how serious she is about trying to have a baby, he will decide to make some changes. Or maybe not. I just don't want her to put her baby making on hold if that's what she wants and feels ready for at this point in her life. I am working up the courage to donate. I'm afraid of the career Matt will give me. <laughs> I really want to manage a Best Buy. I've gotten away from careers lately. Now it's just a fun yeah. fact. So welcome. Also, there's nothing wrong with managing a Best Buy, but I understand if that's especially not your goal. Especially if you're the regional manager of Best Buy. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Uh, good luck, you two. I'm rooting for you and your embryos. I thought that was really good advice mm. and kind of, you know, echoes my general advice about just, you know, you got to do you. I think she's telling the wife she's got to think about herself. Yeah. I think when you're married to an addict, like they can suck all your life energy and you forget about yourself. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, don't forget about yourself. Yeah. I thought it was really smart. Also, it does go back to the Dory. You do you. It does. Um, I would like to read the next one. Well then be, uh, guess. <laughs> I didn't ride that ride. Uh, there was no ride. Oh, I was thinking of Ratatouille, but that's not from Ratatouille. No. But I didn't ride the Ratatouille ride because it was a there 3D ride. There are candles ride. in it, and it is French, so I get it. Yeah. 
Um, so last week we heard from a woman in San Francisco mm-hmm. named Mackenzie, yep. who was asking us to set her up with a guy in San Francisco. Okay. And we heard from a guy in San Francisco. All right. Let's see what we got. Named Matt. Oh, that's a good name. Hey, I'm a 25, almost 26, April 19th, year old, living in San Francisco, Oakland to be more specific. Mm-hmm. I was listening to episode 23 of your podcast and heard Mackenzie emailed you guys. I'm tallish, mm-hmm. six feet. Uh-huh. I'd say that's tall. Yeah. I'm smart-ish, a couple master's degrees. That's pretty smart. He's like super casual about that. I love it. I'm funny. I'd like to think so. And yes, Matt, I know I'm using a lot of parentheticals, but only to amuse you. Oh, well, is that something that amuses you? I enjoy a, a, a parenthetical. I like to always. I often read the parentheticals as such. Mm, well, that that was a parenthetical. Yes. I love going to comedy shows and making others laugh. Mm-hmm. If you remember, Matt, you and I got in a friendly argument. I don't. But after the Benson interruption of Back to the Future Two at the Castro Theater about me hating the Red Sox and you liking them. Uh, does this guy work for Fitbit? What does he do? He doesn't say. say. Mm, I might remember you, sir. I'm very sociable and easy to get along with. That was except when you're fighting with my husband. That was fresh off of our honeymoon. Oh, really? That was that one. That was that one. Oh boy. Um, I really enjoy meeting new people, so it'd be fun to meet a fellow fan of the podcast. Only issue is I'm going on a spontaneous trip. I like where your head's at, bro. Oh, interesting. Spontaneous trip to Amsterdam and Rome. Ugh. That's my guy. All of April to celebrate my birthday. Okay. You don't need to celebrate your birthday that much. I'm going alone. Did I mention I enjoy meeting new people? Whoa. I don't. That was a parenthetical. Oh. I leave the 5th, and if this is right on episode 24, there are only a few days left before I leave. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mackenzie, get on this. I really enjoy the podcast and look forward to Uh it every week. You guys are the best, and the Red Sox are the worst. Parentheses, and this is where Matt goes on a five-minute rant about how I'm wrong. Well, oh I my mean, god, you almost went on a little rant there. They're not the war. I mean, the season's just starting, my friend. So let's uh, see where we're at. Matt. Yeah. Thanks, That's Matt. what he says. Thanks, other Matt. Um, wow, he's going on a month-long trip. To celebrate his own birthday. He must work for a startup that gives you unlimited vacation. Mm. Or maybe he's taking... Maybe he has four weeks of vacation he's taking all at once. Or maybe like he... Or maybe he doesn't have a job. Won his master's degrees in some sort of contest and doesn't have to pay back student loans. Also possible. I mean, there's a variety of things. I mean, look, he sounds like a catch. Mackenzie, if you're into meeting a guy who is going to go meet new people in Amsterdam and Rome for a month. <laughs> by himself. By himself. Go nuts. <laughs> I don't know. He sounds cool. Um, you guys can at least discuss the podcast. Yeah. You know what? Should we listen to a voicemail? Um, we can. Sure. I think. No. No, we can't. Oh. We can't listen to voicemail. Not yet. Now okay. we can listen to Ready? voicemail. Yeah. Hello, Matt and Dory. My name is Rachel. I am a long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I know everybody says that. It's true, though. Um, I started listening to your podcast because my wife and I are considering doing reciprocal IVF, where I take her eggs and put them in my uterus. Oh, that's fine. Um, and still haven't made a decision about that, but I enjoy listening to you guys anyway. Um, but so the reason that I wanted to call is I know you guys are probably already gotten the news about the um, sex of the uh, embryo. And um, I was at home because you mentioned, like, you really want to have a girl child. And I want to be very good at raising a boy child. 
And um, then, and just a couple of weeks ago, Dory, um, I realized, like, you know, it's, like, probably not super impressive to raise a feminist girl. I mean, it's awesome, and obviously if that happens to me, I will be doing it. But, um, you know, the world definitely needs more feminist men. So uh, if we can raise a boy child to be that way, I am going to be so excited about it. Um, So that's one thing. And Uh the other thing, and somebody said this to me, and I thought, I don't know if you've thought about it, but if you haven't, here's the thing to think about. If you do, like, definitely decide you need to wait it out and have a a female baby, Mm -hmm. um, if the the embryo is not female, um, like, you never know what's going to happen. Your your kid could turn out to be trans or genderqueer or non-binary or, you know, you don't know whether that's going to happen and you're probably going to love the kid anyway. So anyway, I don't like, I'm not trying to preach to you or anything. It's just something that somebody said to me and I thought like, Oh yeah, hadn't thought about that before, but that is true. So anyway, um, thanks so much for your show. I really love listening to you guys. Bye. First of all, our child will not be non-binary because you can program anything with binary. (laughs) Um, I feel like you have said that several times though. Like you have said, oh, our kid could be trans. Like, you know. Yeah, I've, I don't know yeah. if I've said it on the podcast. I've said it. Oh, I've or maybe we've just had you. conversations about it. Yeah. And I've said it. I take all, all, uh, all, all, all walks. Yeah. Um, but we wanted, I wanted, we, the point was we had a boy embryo already and we wanted to have one of each really. Yeah. We want two children. Yeah. So we, that's the real reason we were trying so hard for a girl embryo. And by trying so hard, I mean um, d- doing IVF another round. Yeah. I mean, we because we wanted to have two children, we had to do another round em- anyway because our first round, our first transfer failed. And we were hoping for a girl. Mm, that's true. So that's where that was at. Um, do you want to read the next email? Sure. This is okay. from Corey. Yep. Hi, Matt. Dory. Oh, wait. No, you skipped one. I did. Yeah. This is hi. This is from no one. Hi, Dory and Matt. Oh, yeah. I think I forgot to write the name there down. There you go. I Sorry. started listening to the podcast after being a huge fan of Matt's various other podcasts. I'm currently two weeks away from getting married, and my question is non-IVF related, if you'll allow it. Do either of you have any tips or recommendations for writing your own vows? I have some ideas. Thought this might be a good topic since you both are great writers and recently got married. I'd appreciate any suggestions, tips, or comments either of you may have. Good luck with everything, and I'm rooting for you. P.S. Matt was right on with his prediction of being Dutch and early American ancestors. I do have Dutch heritage and also had ancestors on the Mayflower. I'll have to contribute again just so we can go two for two <laughs> p.s matt are you going to any of the dave and tim shows this year i wanted to go to all the dave and tim stuff right now he's in copenhagen like literally tonight he's in copenhagen oh um he did not play paris in this european tour otherwise i probably would have tried to make that happen and in when he's stateside he does not come to the west coast mm. so there okay those are my opinions on that and wedding <laughs> vow tips Dory wrote hers beautifully. They uh, they were great. It made me cry. Uh, made other people cry, too. Made other people cry. I did not write my vows out, but after she 
told me she was writing vows, I was like, fuck. <laughs> I better figure something out. So I sort of like, you know, blocked it out. Did like an outline. Not really an outline. Just hit on. I was like, okay, what do I want to say about my future wife? Well, this, this, and this. And then I was like, I'll wing the rest. And I did. Yep. And it was obvious. Yep. And uh, at some point I called her the Tom Brady of women. <laughs> he did. So, you know, to each his own. <laughs> I think there's no wrong way to do vows um, as long as you're being honest with each other and expressing how you feel. And I wrote mine, which were from the heart. And as Matt said, very heartfelt. Uh-huh. Um, I wrote mine the day of the wedding on hotel stationery. Yes. I mean, they're really just uh, about me getting uh, nightstands. That's all. That's all you ever think about. And how you were. We still have those nightstands. I know. <laughs> those are still Guys, our nightstands. The like on our first or second date, I told Matt that. I feel like nightstands are like a sign that, you know, you're a grown up. Oh, and I am not a grown up. I'm still not a grown up. And he didn't have nightstands and he went like that night to Ikea and bought nightstands and put them together. And he was like, I got nightstands and it was really sweet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he did that for me. Yeah, we got nightstands for her. And then, um, then pretty much immediately she slept with me so it worked out guys yeah i got what i wanted she got what she wanted oh my god <laughs> guys all i need is nightstands then i'll i'll sleep with anyone uh-huh. uh, um all right this is from Corey. okay this is a long one. Oh my god this is a long one but he's from canada so i'll allow it i know and it's a very detailed description of a jerk off room i love it so I I'm felt like it, it was thematically appropriate. All right. I'm at Doria Bo. My girlfriend and I are both enjoying the podcast. I decided to write to the three of you after listening to episode 22. First, I wanted you to know that I have pre-ordered Startup, a novel. Corey, I just want to say to you that if there's a bonus episode, you helped contribute to that. Yeah, thank you, Corey. And if you're listening right now and you haven't pre-ordered, you have done nothing to help the process. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh... <laughs> It was an easy decision after Matt treated me, a deadbeat listener, to a guilt trip, <laughs> which I haven't experienced since my days in Catholic school. You know, it's funny because you just gave everyone else a guilt trip. That's what I do. Yeah. I'm, I was raised Catholic. Uh, second, I felt like the time was right to share my own jerk-off room experience. My girlfriend and I are in the early stages of our infertility adventure. My doctor sent me to a clinic for a semen analysis to determine how dumb my sperm are. The clinic's waiting room slash reception area was tiny. You'd be lucky if you fit half a dozen upright bases in there. I feel like that's a big uh, waiting room. That's a new fucking system of measurement thanks <laughs> to this podcast and our email last week. Uh, upon my arrival, I informed the receptionist that I had an appointment for a semen test. The reception took my pertinent information and then proceeded to loudly inform her colleague to gather the supplies for a semen analysis. <laughs> If the three elderly women who were sitting in the waiting room had any questions as to why I visited the clinic that morning, those questions were now answered. The colleague uh, colleague proceeded to grab a urine sample cup and a brown paper bag and ushered me into the sample retrieval room. That was in quotes, which was located five steps from the waiting room. I was asked to carefully masturbate into the urine sample cup, put the cup in the brown paper bag, and hand the bag to the receptionist on my way out. I was informed that the purpose of the bag was to hide the sample from the other patients. I was confident 
that I could follow the instructions since my aforementioned Catholic schooling made me an expert in hiding evidence of shameful masturbation. The final instruction that I received was a strong reminder to lock the door once the clinic employee left the room. Apparently, on more than one occasion, a poor schmuck in my situation had forgotten to lock the door and someone walked in on them retrieving their sample. Oh, God. That is in quotes. That is so embarrassing. Uh, once the clinic employee left, I locked the door and spent the next two minutes ensuring that uh, it was locked. I then looked around uh, to get my bearings. What I saw was the saddest room I've ever seen. It felt compelled. I felt compelled. Uh, sorry. I felt compelled to take a few pictures, which I have attached as an email. Oh, boy. Uh, the room contained a cracked pleather recliner that looked like it was picked up on the side of the road. Inside the magazine slot and the side of the chair were several porn mags, the most recent of which being published six years ago. Now that I think about it, the magazines may have come with the chair when it got picked up. The art on the walls was neat. You'll see that. And the image depicts two young children and a, on a dock feeding ducks in a lake. I don't know whether to be sad because it remained. Uh, it reminded me of the challenges of creating my own children, or to be very sad because I was about to jerk off in front of a picture of children. I mean, that is really creepy. Oh, it's insane! You may notice in the reflection of the picture that a toilet sits on the opposite side of the room. That's because the room is also used to collect urine and stool samples. <laughs> I fill with thoughts of the other gentleman, a scant few feet away from me, on the other side of the door, anxiously awaiting to drop a deuce in this very room. Nothing about the situation facilitated my ability to retrieve my sample. The only things that saved me were my phone, access to free internet porn, and a set of earbuds that I had in my pocket. I wouldn't even put earbuds in, bro. I'd be too worried that like I'd be hearing someone knocking or something. So I that I didn't I never went with earbuds. Uh, if I could lend any advice to your male listeners who find themselves in this situation, I urge you to come prepared with those same tools. Thank you both for the work that you put into the podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Corey from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. My wife's looking at the recorder, confused, forgetting that I stopped it so we could play the voicemail. Ah, yes, yes. We have not done a 10-minute podcast. I was like, oh no, did something get messed up? We've probably done closer to a 54-minute podcast okay. so far. Cool. Yeah. Um, That was hilarious. That was a great email. I just really enjoy the descriptions of the jerk-off rooms. Because well, I, I think you ladies just, you can't, you can't be can't really have a grasp on what they are no but it is like the one thing you guys have to do yeah so no i mean listen uh, and i know not, you feel guilt for it's not, not an equal i know it's not an equal role we have here no no thank god <gasps> what um all right i'm gonna read this email from ellen okay Hi, Mandori. Love, love, love the podcast. I read about it on Cup of Joe. 
Welcome, Cup of Hello Joe. Hello again, there. Cup of Joe listeners. Um, and have bit, since binged all available episodes and asked my husband to listen to. Our technical diagnosis is unexplained infertility, which is so unsatisfying. My husband's sperm levels are sporadic, and I have some irregular anovulation behavior and weird periods happening, but no ideas as to the cause of these things. We've tried Clomid, and he's taken supplements, but after continued trying and two failed IUIs, we're moving to IVF this month. My husband and I have a great relationship, but have learned throughout this process that we have different ways of dealing with things. He takes more time to process things and gets ahead of himself, often jumping to worst case scenario. Love it. That's what I do. And I, being more of a realist, process things quickly and find comfort in continually working toward the immediate goal. Actually, I process things very quickly, but immediately jump to the worst conclusion. That's true. Yeah. We've started seeing a therapist together, and I cannot recommend this enough to any couple facing fertility problems. Using psychologytoday.com, we found a therapist in our neighborhood who specializes in infertility and couples work and accepts our insurance. She's great, and it's so valuable to be able to talk about this process with a non-judgmental party. I think we should do couples therapy. Well, I think that's what we do with this podcast. But we don't have a non-judgmental third party. We do. It's the audience. And they're going to tell us next week how great it is that I don't like to make plans and how terrible it is that you like to plan things. They're not. I mean, I love them, but they're not non-judgmental. <laughs> I'm also curious, you know, if you want to, if you're writing an email anyway for next week about IVF or, uh, you know, trying to hook up with Mackenzie in San Francisco, uh, let us know. Did you enjoy the first part of the podcast or would you prefer that we did very little talk about us and much more talk about emails? I'm curious. I'm just curious. Cool. Okay. Uh, one thing that I've found tough as the woman in the couple trying to get pregnant is always being the messenger. Whether it's having to tell my husband I've started my period or having to explain what the nurse told me when she called with, with results that day, I inevitably process the information myself before I tell my husband. I'm a big time planner and I'm always looking ahead. Interesting. Mm, I like you. So once I hear the info, I feel the need to quickly psych myself up to be positive when delivering not so great news to him or feel the need to be prepared to answer any questions my husband has or even be ready with next steps when I tell him. I'm sure we'll get to this in therapy, but until we do, was wondering if you experienced this story and if you have any advice. And last, you talk a lot about guilt on the show, and I'm not sure my feelings would fall directly into the guilt camp, but I do feel like some people I've told about my situation are less sympathetic than others. The diagnosis of unexplained infertility rationally leaves a tiny and very annoying crack in the door for a natural pregnancy to occur, so I get the feeling that some may think we're rushing to the easiest possible solution, which is IVF, and just throwing money at our problems. Oh, that is not the easiest solution. They can go fuck themselves. It sucks to feel this way when we all know that during this time we need all the support we can get from our friends and loved ones. Wondering if you've ever felt this way or if any of your listeners have dealt with the lingering questions and feelings associated with the unexplained diagnosis. This is one of the biggest reasons I've held off on telling my parents and some of the other important and more conservative people in my life. Anyway, keep up the good work. Best of luck to you guys. And thanks for taking it public. You guys are great. Ellen PS isn't having a pet the best. I don't know how we'd get through all this without our cat. Annie say hi to Bo for me. We have a lot of people to say hi to Bo for. Well, Bo is really part of the podcast. Bo is so popular. It's going to go to his already giant head. He has the biggest head in the world. Scott and his wife were like horrified. Bo, Bo is a big head. They were like, what? I've never seen a head that big. If you go to Instagram 
and go to Matt Meyer, M-A-T-T-M-I-R-A, you'll see a couple of photos where Bo and my heads are next to each other. And there, and I have a giant human head, and his head is very similarly sized. That's true. There's a photo of my wife laying on Bo's bed with Bo that I have not posted to the internet, where it's cl- very clear that Bo's head is <laughs> the size of a human head. <laughs> but I just don't, you know, my wife, she's got this angles thing. She doesn't like angles. I don't, I don't hate that picture. You could post that picture. Well, you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe the maybe the maybe I'll give the audience what they want. Okay. Which is somehow that picture. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hmm. um, do we have any advice for Ellen? That's why when you go to my Instagram, there aren't a ton of photographs of Dory. It's because I take pictures of Dory, and I think, oh, my wife looks so cute. And then my wife looks at the photos and goes, oh my god, don't post that. <laughs> so, ladies, you hear me? <laughs> if you're if you're like, why does it man have so many pictures of Dory? It's like I take them and they live on my phone. Uh, and they don't get out of my phone because of that reason. Yep. I posted a selfie of us today. Yeah, cuz you got to control your angle. Yeah, it was a good angle. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Wait, we're supposed to we be helping. Were, yeah, we're we were giving we were giving advice to Ellen. <laughs> Um, about Ellen, Ellen and her and her unexplained infertility. Well, so one thing she asked is um, if I any advice, have any advice about always being the messenger. You know, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that is so true. It's like I'm often the messenger of things. Well, and you have to be. Yeah, I know. You get the inf- you get the right. phone calls. I know, but and then that, that is like its and own then sort of you burden. Get the phone calls and don't put them on speakerphone. I know we've been over this. <laughs> Um, I know you are just saying, do you have anything more to just say about that? No. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know that I have advice. I feel like you've kind of summed it up pretty well. Um, you know, I think, I think I would just say to try to be honest with him. If like, like don't try to, don't try to, um, put a positive spin on things just for his benefit. Like say how you feel. Um, like when you said, I feel the need to quickly psych myself up to be positive when delivering not so great news. Yeah. To him. Don't worry about it. Don't, I wouldn't do that because if you both, if you're fe- not feeling positive, there's yeah. no reason you should pretend to feel positive no. for your husband. You can be, you can be bummed and mad dory's been bummed and mad I, I think i think you know what i think it's hard sometimes for us to give ourselves permission to be mad and angry yeah okay i'm talking to my women I was, who are listening I was very confused because i like i'm like I no to be, to be to mad be about the whole situation and to acknowledge that it's like okay to be mad about it because it sucks and your husband can know you're mad. You know what? Your husband should know you're mad. Absolutely. Um, and then about the people who are less sympathetic. I mean, as you know, we have talked about this, that the, that the comments of like, well, I have a friend who, you know, she was, she was trying for like eight years and she and her husband were about to do their last round of IVF and they got pregnant naturally. And now they have, and I'm like, okay, just, you know what? I, I don't need that story. 
Right. I feel like they're always people always people who have not gone through IVF tell you those stories and they think they're making you feel better or giving you hope. Right. And in fact, you are just rolling your eyes at them internally and saying to yourself, please shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we had that discussion yesterday about what if we accidentally got pregnant. And I was like, I would be scared shitless because I would be afraid I was going to have a miscarriage. Yep. And I was like, I would just be so pissed, annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> at life and how much money we spent. Well, because I was thinking about it. Like, so we've done three rounds, and first round one out of four was normal. Second round one and a half out of three were normal and third round one out of five were normal so like those are not amazing yeah i mean i think actually for my age that's like pretty normal but like that's why so many women my age have miscarriages we know that we know that you guys go through rounds and you don't get any no no i was just saying if we were to get pregnant spontaneously there i would have a very high risk of miscarriage because i am 39 right that that was my, my my only point yeah um so Ellen, I feel you. I think it's great. You guys are going to couples therapy. Love the psychology today.com, uh, recommendation. Hope that helps some people. Yeah. Thank you for writing. And that Instagram is spelled M I R A M A T T M I R A. I think people know how to spell your name. I feel like people like, you know, our cup of Joe our new cup of Joe listeners. They just see Matt and Dory. They don't know that it's Matt. Myra, but it looks like it's Mita. Well, your your last name was on the Cup of Joe Mita. interview. Mita. I know that's how your name should be pronounced. Mita. That's probably how it was pronounced back in Spain. I, I, I bet it. I bet it is how it was pronounced. And someone probably wanted to make but it since, sound more since the American. I don't even know since the sixties, at least. I mean, we had there was a Myra who was a police officer in Key West, Florida, in the eighteen in like 1890 who was m- murdered whoa yeah Ooh. yeah should i go write his story maybe you should that sounds like a cool story it is a cool story who who murdered him oh a cuban family a family murdered him? it was like a cuban my dad knows the story and he tells the story my dad has looked into this it's a very interesting story and if i remember correctly which i may be remembering so incorrectly but it was over a uh, Cuban man had a large farm in Cuba, mm-hmm. large tobacco. It farm. wasn't. What, wasn't another, your uncle Cuban also? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. he was in. He was a key. He was a Key West police officer. Okay. Um, and then he died. But he had a family in Cuba and a family in Key West. Oh secret family situation he was investigating the murder and then like was killed to uh, you know by one of the families by one of the someone who didn't want the investigation to to happen oh it's a very that does sound very interesting it's intriguing isn't it i will google that yeah um and then someone else wrote in melissa wrote in and i abridged this email um but she wanted to let us know that her husband works with someone who started a foundation for couples in need of IVF treatment. Oh, wow. 
This person and his wife went through eight rounds of IVF, and he swore that if they finally got a baby, he would do something to help others in his position. He and his wife had twins, and thus the Fight for Kids program was born. That is F as in Frank, E-I-T for kids, K-I-D-Z. They offer loans up to $15,000 interest-free to help with IVF costs. My husband and I certainly dumped the money or the insurance to cover all the doctor appointments, blood tests, ultrasounds, and surgery needed to get us where we are today. This loan is truly a godsend. The process was super easy, and we had a check in our hands for the full amount within days of applying. We got to attend their annual gala in November and told our story. I know you guys mentioned putting a lot on credit cards and making balance transfer magic, but this could help you guys out too. When Fight for Kids was first established, it was open to only Jewish couples, but my husband and I were the first family to receive a loan when they opened up to all faiths. Oh, However, this program is only available to residents of LA County. Los Angeles. But that is us. That's us. I truly believe this will happen for you guys. Keep fighting. This is definitely something worth fighting for. After 23 episodes, I feel as though I know you both well enough to say that you'll be fantastic parents. Well, now that they know that we have horrible arguments at Disneyland. Maybe they'll take that back. (laughs) I hope you get your baby girl. There's nothing wrong with trying to get what you want when you've been dealt such a shit hand when it comes to starting a family. You do you. Thank you, Melissa. That is exactly how I feel. There's nothing wrong with trying to get what you want when you've been dealt such a shit hand when it comes to starting a family. Yeah. Yes. Preach. That is exactly it. Thank you. There you go. <sighs> uh, oh my God. We're going to get through all the emails this week. We are. I'm going to read the last one right Second to last one right now. Okay. It's from Krista. Hi, Dory and Matt. The real reason I'm writing is not because of fertility. I'm a high school English teacher. I abridged her email, too. Sorry. Oh, my. How could you abridge an English teacher's email? <laughs> and I'm diligently working to build my classroom library. I now base my book format choices on its age appropriateness. Therefore, I wanted to ask if start up a novel is appropriate for high school students before I pre-order it. If not, I'll probably get a Kindle version. If it is, I will definitely get a physical copy to add to my classroom library once I've finished reading it so that my kids can also enjoy it. Thanks for everything you do. I hope to hear from you soon. Keep up the excellent work, and I'm wishing the best for you on your journey. Best regards, Krista. Uh, I'm sure the rest of the email is probably just raving about how awesome Matt is. Yes. Um, You know... I think it's age appropriate, but I also don't really know. I think there's, if, like, there's nothing. There's a, there's making out, but there's not full on sex. Oh, but there is the, the there is, I know, there's like a little, but I, I would say it's nothing outside of like Catcher in the Rye. That's true. As far as inappropriateness. Or like Game of Thrones. Well, yes, but Game of Thrones is its own thing, but like it's nothing as a high school student. It's nothing I would have been like, whoa, maybe, maybe juniors and seniors. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, And then this last one is from Janice and she says, I suspect I might be your oldest listener, 60 plus. Well, I mean, you, my mother. Ken. Ken. And uh, there's a lot of people out there. Um, She's been listening to Nerdist for years. Sorry, I meant to say my mother is 39 years old. That's weird. Yeah, no, she's been 39 for the last, like, I don't know how many years. 
uh, stumbled on, upon your podcast quite by accident, loving it and rooting for you guys. I just love that we have listeners uh, from, you know, we heard from someone who, who was 17, 16. We run the gamut. We run the gamut. Thank you, Janice. Yes. Or Giannis. Um, all right. You know what it's time for. Guys, it's time for donors. Uh, here's what happens. You guys uh, find it in your heart to donate to our podcast slash us. And I then take the time out of my busy life <laughs> to write down a fact about you. A fact that I have made up about you. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm way off. Sometimes I'm very close. Sometimes he's eerily close. Um, but this is the bane of my existence. The writing of these uh, is like hanging over my head constantly. <laughs> but I'm happy to say I'm finally caught up. Uh, Which is why you should all keep donating. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, also, you can donate in people's names. You can if you have a fan you know someone who likes this podcast who you want just hear a fact about them uh yeah you could do that too yep so our donors have all gone to excellentadventure.com or dorianmatt.com and clicked on the donate button and they've donated us uh donated to us uh doesn't matter how much money you donate you're still getting a fact and we really really appreciate it um, so, okay, the first guy, Scott Martin, wanted to say, I'll have Matt know I did get the Nintendo Switch and I did beat Zelda. He motivated me. Uh, since beating Zelda, Scott has been trying to fill his hole with hobbies, his latest of which is fly fishing. Ooh. Yeah. Um, someone donated in the name of Amber Medina. Uh, Amber's least favorite cupcake flavor is red velvet. Her favorite is Funfetti or any vanilla-based. Christopher Condit. Uh, Christopher always wanted to have a fancy pen, like a Mont Blanc, but could never bring himself to pull the trigger. And we just wanted to say, do it. Shannon Mansfield. Uh, Shannon hates flavored wheat thins. In the words of Shannon, tomato basil can go fuck itself. Kate Morrow. Uh, Kate was really into Matchbox 20. She feels a little shame when 3 a.m. comes on the radio, but it quickly passes for unabridged nostalgia. Jenny Stetler, who also wanted you to know Beverly Goldberg is my inspiration. Hashtag smother goals. Oh, well, if you're a Beverly Goldberg fan, your fact has nothing to do with her. <laughs> Jenny, you've never been to a Red Lobster, but you have fucked with a Carrabba's Italian grill. Aaron Malloy. Aaron claims to be 100% Irish. She's actually only 75%. <gasps> it's her greatest shame. Um, Nessa Manuel, who said this is for meds or anything illegal. Uh, Nessa prefers Alfredo to marinara, especially when dipping bread in it. Interesting. Well, me too. Bobby Borrell. Uh, Bobby, this is all. That's Bobby of, with an I. A lot of food related here. Bobby <laughs> I orders. See what's on your mind. Bobby orders French onion soup whenever they see it on the menu. All right. Uh, someone named NerdWorks donated. Well, NerdWorks prefers David Tennant to all other Doctor Who's. Uh, speaking of Who's, Megan Hubri. Whoa. We remember we read her email a long time ago, and I didn't know how to pronounce her name. Well, here's a fact about Megan. Okay. She thinks everyone should own at least three pairs of jeans and frowns upon me for only having two. <gasps> That's right. I only have two pairs of jeans. Ellen Coffee. Ellen thinks Star Wars is overrated, and Ellen is correct. 
Ashley Dibert. Uh, Ashley's favorite episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is Hush. Luciana Vigil Holterman. See, I said Luciana. Or Luciana. Because it's Italian. Uh, and Luciana thought the ghost in Three Men and a Baby was real. Oh. Yeah. So did I. Um, Paul Charles, who donates all the time. Uh, Paul, welcome back. I wanted to say that Paul's most worn VHS tape was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> Hannah Dalton. Hannah makes a killer Rice Krispie treat with mini M&Ms spread throughout. Ooh. Narantha Balagopal. Uh, Narantha's car in high school was a 1992 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Lacey Hoopengardner. Uh, Lacey grew up on the East Coast. She tried to leave, but is stuck just outside of Philly. Aaron Munn Curran. Aaron's favorite cereal is Apple Jacks. Sarah Santosa. Sarah's favorite thing in the world is sleepy time tea and a good book like Start Up a Novel by Nora Dory Shapiro. <laughs> Lauren Nykvist. Lauren was the only girl in her high school AV club. Uh, someone donated the name of Mary Gardner. Mary's favorite Disney ride is the Haunted Mansion. Elizabeth Puentes. Elizabeth owns seven Patagonia fleeces. Whoa. I know. She loves them. Laure All colors. Laurel Dugans. Uh, Laurel recently leased an Audi Q5 and wishes she'd gone with a Volvo XC90. <gasps> Andrew Steinley, who also donates once a week. Uh, Andrew, two facts for you because you donated twice, once since last week and I didn't get your email in this week. Uh, Andrew wants to desperately be known as the cool uncle. It is this that led him to buy uh, a motorcycle. <laughs> and because he donated again, I will tell you that along with his motorcycle, Andrew has recently decided to take up competitive darts. Wow. Yeah. Um, wait, did you do another one for Paul Charles with Paul the comment that he is, said, yes. no one likes the middle bread in a club sandwich. It's the reason I've never had a Big Mac. Paul is right to not have a Big Mac. Whoppers are far, far superior. And Paul's favorite appetizer at a fast Italian casual restaurant is mozzarella sticks. Oh, those are the best. Uh, Michael Schneider. Uh, Mike's favorite Nintendo game was Contra. Oh, that's a great game. Up, up, down, down. Left, right. Yeah. Uh, Megan Unmack. Megan, you have a chocolate lab named Rolf. <laughs> and Sarah Dynan. Uh, Sarah, you have yet to purchase an iPad. You've been on the fence for a while. Do I need it? Do I not need it? Get it. Treat yourself. That does it. That does it. Those are all our donors. Guys, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Thank you from Paris, where it's 10.36 p.m., but only 1.36 p.m. in Los Angeles. That is why we were able to do this so late on a Sunday night. Yeah. Because it's not late to where we normally do it. Exactly. We could have done it. Honestly, we could have woken up tomorrow morning and done it. That would have been painful. It would have been annoying. Real annoying. But we did it, guys. Yeah. Uh, email us, mattdory at gmail.com, dorymatt at gmail.com. Call us at 413-461-BABY. Uh, we have three, four voicemails we didn't even get to. Yeah, a couple of those have been hanging around for a while. Oh, my God. I know. Um, and then... Uh, and go to HelloFresh.com. HelloFresh.com. Use the promo code EXCELLENT30 for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh meals. Of delicious HelloFresh meals. Breakfast, y'all. Mm-hmm. Get it. Um, all right. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. If we're still married. I mean, after this argument, I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Version of the skies. Let's get a silver bullet trailer. 
and have a baby bye. I'll safety pin this. Cool